All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of the Beeswax. My name's Hobart Owen, and I bless Rizitsky. <laughs> Jacob Lacalli here, engineer for the Honey Drops. Awesome, and uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about one of the Honey Drops' most recent releases, a song called "Pocket Chicken." And uh, here on the Beeswax, we like to take these songs and break them down for all of you on a songwriting uh, basis as well as a production basis and just kind of talk about that process. I'm excited to talk about this track. Uh, You know, Pocket Chicken, I, I think last year, I remember... Uh, going for a hike with Lesh, and Lesh was all excited to show me. A, a, actually, he wasn't excited at all, but he was very nonchalant to show me uh, a new song he was working on, and I got to hear like one of the early cuts, the early edits of this song. And it wasn't until many months later that I listened to the final version. So there was this cool like kind of time lapse between the two, um, but. Uh, was it like a demo or was I it this I think it version? was just when we when we just recorded when it. When we recorded it. I think it was yeah. pretty much what you hear now. There's really yeah. nothing different about it. it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just that Jacob sprinkled some of his fairy dust on it. It, it sounded, it, it was gussied up quite a bit and it sounded. There's, uh, yeah, there's some things happening. Yeah, yeah. there's some, I guess there's a few extra things, but I mean, the track was basically there. It just sounded really like, I remember it just sounded really crazy when it first <laughs> you know it sounded crazy like it was like just what? hell of like high endy and just mm. like we hadn't like we hadn't like made it it's all the same stuff and it's not really yeah, many yeah. different microphones or anything you know what i mean like because we didn't do yeah. a lot of overdubs on it that's but, true but we just kind of like made well, it a little I'm bit scared more to go back and listen to the uh first mix <laughs> The rough mix, or yeah, yeah. I, I was just hella hyped up. That's what. Yeah, like, no, my... I do. I do remember that. I do remember that. Maybe where it was coming from was like trying to capture the energy of the live performance. Totally, yeah. And just trying to get as much energy as we could into the recording. Right. And also that we, the way we recorded this is like everyone playing in the room and the vocal is live, so everything's coming into the vocal mic. To some extent, there's like a lot of drums and a lot of yeah. uh, guitar and saxophone and everything. And so, we, well, like, as we're like hyping that mic up with, you know, compressors right. and distortion and all the stuff, it's just everything is getting amplified. So it did have, yeah, it was kind of bright and, and overly hyped in the beginning. Right. And then we kind of like, we kind of like found, yeah, yeah, we found where the sweet everything spot. could sit, right. sit comfy. Well, should we start off, Les? You want to start off just uh, telling us the story of how you wrote this song? Yeah, what or, the fuck is a pocket chicken? Yeah, what how the did, fuck is a pocket chicken? How does a pocket chicken find its way onto a Honey Drops album? I'm trying to think exactly how it started. We were, so we were, we were riding up. We were in Crested Butte with my buddy Ian, who is, uh, who's the chef at this place, Slogars. It's a fried chicken restaurant. Mm. And so he's a chef there, and... Um, Anyway, he was just talking about the chicken, and he was talking about how he gives everybody, uh, like, little pieces of chicken for the, for the, for, like, their ski day. 
and they put it in some foil and they just like ride around with the ski lifts and then they eat some chicken when they're up on the mountain <laughs> and stuff it's like a little protein snack and how you so you like so everyone's got this little piece of pocket chicken <laughs> you know and anyway so the, uh, we heard that word and me and heather who's our manager manager of honey drops we were like we were like that's a funny name for a band you're like fuck pocket chicken like that, that's like we thought of that like that'd be a funny name for like a festy funk band or right. something totally. you know uh-huh. like a, you could also go i feel like you could some, also go like grunge punk yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we were like that's a funny name for a band and then uh and we just kind of joked around about that how we were going to form this new band called pocket chicken and this is what we were you know blah 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 just running with it mm-hmm. and uh and then i was like maybe it could be a song um and then so i went home and the next morning i like i started thinking about it and so i just wrote the refrain first Hmm. do you want some hot sauce on your pocket chicken then Uh she winked just like she knew that i'd been missing all the kind of love that makes a life worth living a little hot sauce on your pocket chicken so that was that was the thing and so that just came to you that was i'm just trying yeah. I'm just trying to imagine going back to my hotel room and writing that. I actually, I actually didn't. I think I just had the little melody or like kind of the beat. I was like, yeah. this would be a fun, fun little beat. Like that was so that was the first thing that I woke up and I had that little beat in my head, and mm-hmm. I had that line: "Do you want some hot sauce with your pocket chicken?" Mm-hmm. So that was the first line I had. I didn't. I don't think I had much more than that. And then I went skiing during that day, and while I was riding the lifts. I started writing, I started writing like a little extra rhymes to it. I was just coming up with rhymes. So this was written on the slopes. Yeah, I was, I was skiing while I was kind of writing it and while I was, and then I think I met up with Ian from the day before I met up with him later and we were riding up this T-bar together and, and I, and I said, Hey man, I think I got a song like about the pocket chicken (laughs) and, and I think I sang him like maybe part of that. Like, do you want that? She winked just like she knew. I think I sang him part of it. I was like, anyway, so I got the uh-huh. song. And so then from there on, I just had that. I just had that. that that's all I had. That's all I had at first. Did, so this was not, this was the rare song that did not manifest as a dream? Yeah, no, totally not. I, I wrote it in the morning in my creative time, but yeah. it was not a dream song at a, all. A, a p- coming into being in, in pure waking consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so we got, so you had the refrain written, you took it to him, you got the chicken seal of approval. <laughs> so what happened after that? Then I started thinking about what it could be about, right? Like, what are, who are these people? And like, who is the woman? And so first I had this idea, because we've been talking, I think, I'm wondering, yeah, I think Garen was on that tour. Oh, okay. So Gar- Gar- so Garen Volper, our What's up, G Volps? Yeah, G Volps was, was was driving us around. And we started we had a conversation where he mentioned something about like this like we went to some diner and he was like, Man, I love diners like that, you know, with like with those like with those old ladies that call you honey and shit and they're all nice <laughs> to you and stuff. And so initially my idea was to have it be about the guy falls in love. It's kind of just a fantasy. Hmm. And she's asking you, do you want some hot sauce? Do you want some hot sauce with your chicken? So it was initially like an interaction with like a diner waitress. It's like taking place. That you kind of fall in love with. You just kind of like, you're road weary. You're somewhere out there on the road. 
and you go stop at this diner and then this this waitress is there and she's just sweet as apple pie you know it's like one of those fatigue fueled daydreams when yeah. you're waiting for your coffee to come yeah exactly so that that's but that didn't go that far like i couldn't make that story whole story work how he kind of i i just couldn't make it work so then i switched it to like this other idea you know where he just kind of sees this woman at a gas station and then once I started with that first line, I was leaning on my ride just to pump my gas. Another million miles to go. I was like, okay, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I was that's like, that's a good opening opening line. Yeah, I thought that was a good that's, line, so I was like, I'm running with mm-hmm. this. And then it was easy. It was like easy to write it from that point of view. the The whole story of the falling in love with the waitress was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like harder to fit in to a, a short little song like that. Yeah, but that's a that's a good point because I feel like the flow of the song, it does feel like intuitive. It it does kind of feel like a song that wrote itself a little bit. Like this, uh, the story that you tell, like it, it yeah, kind yeah. of feels natural in the way that it unfolds. Yeah, yeah. So like as like I guess I don't know the counterpart to like such a weird title <laughs> like you know what i mean like you I need something so. kind of easy to follow so you're not just totally like what the fuck is the song about <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or maybe, but it works so well i mean to me i don't know yeah yeah i mean people seem like when we play that song the first time we played it live everybody was like you know like people paid attention to it it was like yeah which is awesome because yeah i personally like i would be worried about people not like latching onto it or not understanding oh, really? it well you know, you know i don't know i think one of but the things cool. is too, yeah yeah i mean you're right i think another thing is we tell i tell the little story before the song to yeah. kind of give them context for it totally and just kind of set yeah, them up for smart. it but i feel like if you're just listening to it on the on the on the record it, it goes pretty natural i think yeah, live sure. i feel like you need a little more context for a song because you know people not hearing every word and it's you're a different every word yeah. There's a lot of distractions. Yeah, yeah. A lot of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Other things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of short-term memory problems. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got this new song that I've been wanting to play every day. This song's about fried chicken, everybody. Yeah. But it's not just about any piece of fried chicken, y'all. It's specifically about the fried chicken that you put in your pocket. And you saved it for later. You wrapped up in it. You wrapped it up in some aluminum foil, and you put it in your pocket. Oh, yeah. And you were just gonna eat it a little bit later that day. Maybe it was gonna be still warm, but instead you left it there. You found it the next day. Tell me about it. And you were really hungry. And it's not gonna be good. But you're hungry, and you gotta eat. Gotta eat. And just before you put it in your mouth. The most beautiful woman in the world appears out of the ether with a bottle of hot sauce. Oh, stop, stop. To save the day. And this is a true story, everybody, and we wrote a song about it. Here we go. One, two, three. When you were writing this one, like you're in the, in the bus or you're in the hotel, are the other band members like getting to listen to what you're doing? Is no, you, I wasn't. I wasn't. Kind of on your own? Yeah, I wasn't showing it to anybody yet. I usually keep the songs kind of like, I, I usually keep them close to the pocket. <laughs> yeah, I keep them in, in my pocket for a little while. You know what I mean? Like you can't just, especially if it's something silly like this where you're not really sure if it's good. 
you don't really want to expose that to people too early because they're gonna shoot it down yeah. and then and then you, you gotta wait till you have some confidence about it yeah yeah are sure that it's a it's a good thing in your mind yeah and i was really excited like i was waking up every morning and like coming up with new lines for it you know what i mean like i was excited about it so you could keep that little creative bit to yourself until before somebody tells you you're stupid <laughs> You were ready yeah. to let the chicken out of the coop? Yeah. Hobie's just over there thinking of chicken puns. <laughs> you know me so well, Jacob. <laughs> I, I saw you. You were just like staring off in the distance. Yeah, well. You were cooking up something. I'm trying to take a, you know, take a lesson from, from last year and, and uh, not release it, release the puns until they're ready, you know. So. <laughs> I gotta come out with the freshest choice, cage free, before I, you know, a wise man, put them out to you guys. Um, So yeah, so so unlike the last song, which was like a process of like several months, this was one that was pretty tight, and you you kind of wrote. Yeah, I wrote it pretty quick, and then once I showed it to the band, like they were actually really excited about it. You know, one of the things about this song, I think that, or, or the whole album, the whole little EP. Was that on the last, the last record where stylistically was like really all over the place, you know, so much different yeah. style of shit, and then then totally. and, and then emotionally it was also kind of all over the place. There was a lot of different types of uh, like spiritual themes. I would you know just different themes, different types of emotions, like a lot of songs about kind of like longing and. And kind of more philosophical themes, I guess, lyrically, spiritual, philosophical songs about Fantasy death. Fantasy undertones. Yeah, and stuff like that. So this, yeah, and then the dream songs, kind of like weird psychedelic stuff. Anyhow, this, like, th- I was kind of ready to, like, and the song, this, this was the first song that kind of, like, was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be part of the new thing. Mm. And they're the car- kind of songs that are carnally themed, you know? Like, you know, about just carnal, carnal life things, you mm-hmm. know, this is just, Was this you know, the first like song fucking and I don't know if it's the first one, but it was like, I started, I started feeling that call to, to just go back to something that was, you know, about, mm-hmm. about the pleasures of the flesh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we we recorded this not too long after you wrote it. No, definitely not. I mean, it, was there, like, it doesn't seem like there was much time, like much. I think it was too like much th- playing it live for three months, maybe. Yeah, yeah, which, three or four months. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe some of the other stuff has been played a lot longer or on maybe stage. Rehearsed yeah, a lot re- rehearsed more. Yeah, so there was a certain freshness with it, but also the band jumped on it hella fast. Mm. You know, like, I didn't yeah. need to explain. I think there was a lot of things in the last album that I kind of had to, sh- like, massage it out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were kind of like my weird ideas that then I wanted the band to do. And they were kind of like, this is weird. This <laughs> is cool. You know what I'm saying? It was like, whereas this was like, right, I, I wrote it with the band in mind, you know? You feel like they got yeah. it right you away? You know, like, they're just going to have fun with this right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Uh and so, then, like, Johnny was just all about it. You know, it's it's out of that Huey Piano Smith bag, you know? Yeah, I was I was just thinking about that. There was a pretty good, like, foundation blueprint already, mm. you know, already there for the band to kind of latch on to. Totally. Like, the last one you wrote it uh, with your guitar in hand, or? 
Was this one where the guitar music was like the first musical accompaniment? Probably a little bit, but it was kind of mostly written in my head. Okay. Like I kind of had, because this is a kind of a piano groove, you know, these songs, the Huey Piano Smith, it was just this dude out of New Orleans, you know, who had this crazy band. And he had all these little like silly kind of New Orleans pop hits and he was a piano player. So all the grooves are really focused around the piano. Was this a piano part that you came up with or is this one that you gave to Lorenzo? Just the groove is kind of a standard mm-hmm. Huey Piano Smith groove. It's just like, you know, this whole kind of... Like, like in this context, like you're saying, you didn't write the piano part that, yourself. Do you just kind of sing the like basic of what you're feeling to Lorenzo, or just yeah, yeah. try this? I mean, or? he knows the style, yeah. so he knows kind of what to do. This is like just this music that we're all so familiar with. This New Orleans style piano thing is like such a huge part of what you have to know to play piano with the band, you know. And you know that whole thing with the piano and the saxophone, it's just like, it's like the most natural thing in the world. It's like fried chicken and hot sauce? Yeah, like where the, it really is though, it's like the the saxophone can do these long notes like these, and then the piano can just go over that and it goes together. They don't really get in each other's way. They can both be wailing at the same time. That was a hairy ass sound, man. Yeah. Super, super nasty. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's how that old, like, Cosimo Matassa stuff sounds, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we were going for. That's the guy who recorded all the early New Orleans, Little Richard, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And these are double. That's jo- well, it's Johnny and Leon. Yeah. Ah, that's Both right. Both on tenor. That's yeah. right. It's cool when you get a song like this where the sax is like holding such a foundational part of the rhythm together. Like it's like actually like a solid part of the rhythm structure of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we got the like lyrics written. We got this piano groove. What did, how did the other parts like come into being? Was that, you know, did you guys have a session together where you like wrote the song out or was it kind of like piecemeal? Like what did that process look like? I remember that I had a baseline that I had in mind, but we abandoned it. And yeah, and uh, Bo just started bumping like all the beats mm-hmm. with Ben. This is a pretty classic yeah. standard little blues yeah. kind of. Yeah. So he started just locking in on that. Yeah. He kind of keeps that that rhythm going the whole time. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the bass is played kind of straight, right? But then the something else swings, and that's like that New Orleans. Yeah, he's that, he's swinging he's, sometimes a little tiny, yeah. tiny bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like. Yeah, Ben is definitely. Yeah, the drums are swinging. 
just a little. It's yeah, like in yeah. between. Yeah, it's got this push pull thing. Yeah. It's like a, cool. yeah, it's like the half swing. Right yeah. swing. I think this is a beat that people don't really hear often these days. You know that ha- that little half swing. So to me, it's one of those things that like it was one of those things that I was like, hey, we we know how to do this type of thing, you know? And like, not there's really not, not a lot of bands that are doing. It. So to me, it was kind of like a point of pride also to just kind of do this thing that we can do and make a track with it you know when i was first thinking about the song like first writing it i was like we gotta we gotta write our own song in this groove and like you know yeah because it's something that we that like really band can do you know mm. you need the drummer that can kind of mess with that yeah because it's just a feel that drummers for like by and large don't play and don't really know how to play you know? but he grew yeah, up it's just it's a it's a fun groove, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's all fun. And it, which makes sense, you know? Totally. Yeah. Fun song needs a fun groove. groove. Yeah, yeah. Can we hear, like, what the guitars are doing on this one now? Is it a good time to, to bring the guitars in? I'd say so. Chicken scratch is what it's doing. It's representing the like chicken that's like picking in the barnyard, you know, digging for grubs. I was playing this while I was singing, huh? Yeah, and then you kind of stop playing, but it it's cool that it works out. Like you're totally not playing now, and the verse is still happening, but you don't miss it. You kind of set <laughs> it was, up and then I, it goes away. I was away. fucking up. <laughs> It works though. This kind of speaks to what you were talking about in the last episode, where you'll like start out playing guitar in a song, right, so you just live, stop. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> just abandon. Well, this this guitar really isn't necessary here. Yeah, you know where I, I really notice the guitar is uh, at the end in that ending vamp. Mm-hmm. Like the you guys after the like last oh. refrain, mm. you guys do this back and forth between you and Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a like a Buddy Holly kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely an early rock and roll thing mm-hmm. happening there. <laughs> oh yeah, we had slowed down. Hear how much slower that tempo is? <laughs> I mean, I was the chicken. The guitar is the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, difficult, the guitar is definitely the chicken for sure. The guitar. I mean, that was. I think that's the whole role of the guitar. And I. And then I overdubbed those random like and all that. Because there is another guitar. There is, yeah. And then what I did was I, I overdubbed the original bass line and just played it on guitar. Gotcha. And it kind of works. You can have both of them. That's some tone right there. What is that like? A, what kind of you got some kind of fuzz on there? Or? Nah, that's just um, that's my vibro champ. 
out of like my guitar, my guitar, my regular, you know, guitar that I always play. Starting in the out of phase, in the out of phase setting, and then going through the vibro champ, which is a tiny little amp, you know, turned up loud, and then going through. I think it's getting picking up some extra distortion through the LA 610 through like the preamp. Mm. It's like super compressed. I remember. more chicken there's this that's during the solo yeah that's it yeah. so I just played that little line during the that's like and they all sound they were I tried to make them all sound like they, they're the same guitar you know what did like what it what was your process in, in trying to like match that match tones or whatever. I just put it the same as I just put the you know. use the same rig yeah. and settings. The only one I, I doctored up a little bit more was that baseline one. The bow it I distorted it hella hard because that way it seemed like it cut through the mix really good without it having to be very loud. With yeah. all that extra hair on it. You know, it's super hairy. You know, and it works because mm -hmm. the bass is just thumping doom, 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 and yeah. then you can have this riding on top of it, you know. This one was recorded out in Point Reyes as well during that same session. It was, yep. It was everyone in a pretty small room. That's why you hear, uh, you hear a lot of bleed when you solo up a track. You hear a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, drums and other things in each mic. So everything is kind of bleeding into each other. Nice. Um, and actually, when I solo up a lot of these tracks, you're really only hearing like half of you know half of that sound because the other half of it is in the vocal mic which plays like a, a large i mean that's kind of like the core of the mix mm. is what you're hearing in the vocal track so you know yeah so that's just the lead vocal mic soloed it's like the whole, song. A whole lot of that i was leaning on my ride just to pump in my gas yeah i mean we could have just released this, just the just the vocal track. I know it sounds really good out of that. It's funny because to me, in the one of the things that I always was wondering about these tracks, I always felt like the vocals were too soft, hmm. like the leads weren't loud enough. Oh, but they Should sound. We go back and remix it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like kind of comparing it to the old music. You know, the old music has the leads really, really loud. Yeah. And yeah, I know yeah. kind of modern modern music doesn't necessarily have that like as much, you know, mm. like when all the instruments are going, they use different studio things to bring the vocals in mm -hmm. to where they're loud enough while still kind of like letting the bass and the drums and other things hold more space. Mm -hmm. But um but that was funny because when you just soloed it up, it sounded more like one of those old records to me. Yeah, with just the the vocal yeah. track. Yeah, sounded hella yeah. good. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit, that sounds good. Yeah, well, it, it's funny you say that because yeah, when when we're just listening to it through the vocal, Mike, you're right. Like it does sound like the the rest of the music is kind of smushed in the back, and it's mm -hmm. it, there is this like deep human warmth to it that does feel like one of those older recordings. And but I I've always thought that's kind of 
the like what I love about the honey drops is that you guys take that, but then with Jacob, you bring it into the studio and the final version is like this perfect balance between that old style of recording with uh, this kind of three dimensionality of like the modern right. toolkit. And, and to me, like that old one, I could listen to that all day and never miss the new one. But the new one has this like, uh, there's like a little more life to it, in my opinion. Like the yeah. other one is like one that is a fun song and like is easy to listen to. But the new one like makes me perk up and sit up in my seat a little bit. Right, more, right. You know? It's definitely more. It's got it's got a lot more boom to it. Yeah, hearing that solo track is cool, and it could potentially work just on its own. Like like Hobie was saying, I didn't. I don't really. I'm not missing anything really. Mm-hmm. Like I hear the band back there, but also you don't get to zero in on like the little licks you know the piano takes a little lick here and i get to turn the piano track up and the guitar plays a little fill here so you turn up the guitar um i guess that's play it let's do a little thing where you just kind of side by side it The bass has this, I, I noticed like an immediate difference, yeah. like the tops are rolled off. Bring it back. That's so cool. Yeah, I see. Fun to hear it. I see what you mean, though, Lesh. Like, like the the vocal mic version, it like is touching me in these like classic music parts where I'm like, (laughs) like I'm like, oh yeah, like there's something like the bass sounds really good on that with just out of that vocal mic, Mm. and uh, I could see it being like, you know if I found like some random old record at a thrift store or something, and that was on the B side or something, right, like right. I'd be like, Oh, this is a cool old track. Like, you know, the, almost like the limitations of what the, the, the resources the band had right, right. at the time, like created this yeah, unique yeah. sound. Well, right. And then the difference is, of course you get we, this. We might have to release it. Right. You could do one, like yeah. one mic and just the girls. Yeah. Like cubbies, yeah, cubbies, Secrets like from the, the, the Jacob, one mic, maybe one mic, maybe the double, and then the girls, you know, right. uh-huh. like the no. But yeah, you probably miss like the solo sections, right? Like when yeah. the when the piano comes in and when the saxophone really roars in. Yeah, we'd be like, well, we could just put the piano in just during the solo. Oh, but shit! Now I want to hear some more of that guitar. <laughs> we could just put the guitar yeah. in during the bridge, <laughs> right? Right. And, and then before you know it, we're back at right. the mix. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the mix. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, you know, with this one, really maybe dive a little bit deeper into like the production side of it, and just hear about like if you can recall how did you go about setting up the session and and you know what was the strategy behind you know we just heard how much we got out of just the bass recording out of one mic like mm-hmm. what's your strategy for getting that sound because even that you know it's cool to to just know that 
even just like without going in and doing any post-production that you can get that level of product out of just how you set things up? Yeah. I mean, I think we set up in a pretty small room. I don't know. Maybe how big was that room? 15 feet by 15 feet? Something something like like that. that. Maybe like like an average living room kind of situation. We put the piano in the corner and kind of baffled it off so that we could get a mic up close to it and try to eliminate some of the bleed. Uh, the drums were in one corner. Yes, I was in the closest corner to the drums, sideways. Yeah, you to were them. like you were to the right of them. Yeah, because those those microphones have that no right. The ribbon mics have a no, so I was exactly. close to Ben, but like kind of parallel to him. He was facing right. He was so we were trying to eliminate some of the direct drum into the mic yeah. so i mean drums were getting into the mic but we had the the null spot pointed at the drums what is it so what is a null just for people it's like where the mic picks up the least gotcha yeah in like a figure eight mic you're it's gonna pick up equally on the front and back okay but it's gonna cancel out on the sides basically so you can so st- we had the yeah. sides pointed to the drums yeah so you can yeah. strategically place it yeah. to, to be in the, totally. c- the cone of least yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so i was sideways i had the guitar amp right behind me so that was picking up in my vocal mic yeah and and the bass amp was pretty much right in front of you yeah and he and yeah so so he was in the far not in the not in the opposite corner from me but in the opposite corner of the drums opposite corner of the drums exactly this is where beaumont was Uh, yeah yeah drums in one corner lash in the next corner over Bo in the next corner playing bass. Yeah. And then the last corner is piano. Yeah. And, and then, then sax is in the middle. Yeah. So Leon and Johnny. Leon and Johnny were in the middle. Nobody puts Johnny in a corner. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much just like spot mics close up on the instruments that we blended into that one main mic that the vocal was sung into. Um, there's yeah. one other part. We, where's Nikki's little? Sh- 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 oh yeah. Is so that? Did he just, have a mic on that or no? He did, we didn't have a mic on that. In fact, I remember it was so loud in the room. He was playing. What is it? A a kabasa? Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah. The little. Yeah. Uh, but it was so like bright and loud in the lead vocal mic that we had him put a little beanie over it. Right. So he was playing. He had it covered up with his hat. Yeah. And that was kind of like blocking out some of the high end. Right. But yeah, it's just it's just in the Drums? pretty much like the lead vocal mic. Oh, I see. Yeah, you could just like step in here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's try that. Still rolling. Still rolling. Right. One, two, three. I generally just let Lesh and, and the band kind of set up how they feel comfortable, and then if something's a problem, I'll. Yeah, I'll, then we have to move. I'll, then we'll move stuff around, but. How's that sound, dude? Yeah, keep going, keep going, everybody, keep playing. Also, the band doesn't play super loud, so. It's pretty easy to to manage like the volume of different instruments. Did you were you uh, you know setting up any kind of uh, compression or effects like before? I remember in the last episode you talked about how you guys like to get you know the, most of what you're doing set up before you the point of recording, so so there's less 
you know, post-production. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the biggest thing is just getting the instruments to sound the way you want them to sound. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go crazy trying to make them sound some other way later on. Yeah. Even though that happens from time to time. But the more you can get the sound in the room, the easier it is to capture and the easier it is to make it all go together naturally. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds- I, think, I think I'll play it back. Y'all just decide how much you wanted that in there. Because the, the tone sounds good now that it's dark. Uh-huh. And we can either have it kind of up in the mix, like we right. that now, or we can have it down in the mix. Okay. Okay. Up or down? Up or down. Another thing that, you know, sticks out, especially like listening to this in my headphones, uh, was the the backup vocals. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always some like pretty feminine voices that are mixed in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, and this, this Am- listen through, especially I, I heard... Uh, I heard those voices come through. Who is who sang backups? I on think this one? that's just Amethyst and Diva. So Diva, Diva Mahal, Mahal uh, who you know who has her own music career. Want some hot sauce? Pocket chicken. Yeah. Ooh, I've been missing. Ooh, Ooh. Sultry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool to hear. Like Amethyst has got this like beautiful delicate like kind of floral vibe and and then diva's got this just powerful yeah, she's got a huskier beautiful like kind of yeah the two of them blend so well together it sounds yeah. really nice it's true yeah that was just done right here yeah so that's one of the few overdubs i mean basically that and a couple of those extra guitars yeah were it and the double vocal which we did Twice. Well, we initially we initially did it that day, and then uh, far like way later into mixing the song, I had Lesh do it again, just really to like get more clarity on the words. Yeah, to make yeah. Sure everyone could hear every little, you know, every little word and follow along with the story and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other final final remarks or notes about this one. I do think that this is like one of your guys's like most like danceable kind of like, like I could see fans coming up with some sort of line dance to this one. A chicken dance. Yeah. yeah. We see people <laughs> doing the chicken dance to it out, you know, when we play it. Yeah. People do chickens and I, I make people do chickens. I'm like, where are the chickens at? Especially if they're just like watching the song, being like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> what yeah. are they singing about?" Like, sometimes people kind of get caught up in the words because it's a story song, and I'm just like, "All right, where are the chickens at?" You know? One, two, oh, one, two, three. <laughs> Was 